This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. This is E-Factor Radio, created by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. And now here's your host, David Wolf. She says the theme is lean launching in a tight economy. Karen Abarbanel is the co-author, along with Bruce Freeman, of a book called Birthing the Elephant, the Women's Go-For-It Guide to Overcoming Big Challenges of Launching a Business, published by 10 Speed Press. It's part portable success coach, part action guide to the launch cycle of, biz- of a business startup. Birthing the Elephant takes women step-by-step through the first 22 months of a new venture, showing them smart moves to make and pitfalls to avoid. Karen Abarbanal, the co-author, joins us from Montclair, New Jersey. Karen, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks a lot. It's great to be with you. So you've got quite a bit of uh, material created and largely from interviews. Tell us about the process with Bruce of creating the book. What did that map look like for you? It was uh, really a lot of fun. Basically, we interviewed um, women entrepreneurs all across the country, everyone from Bobby Brown of Bobby Brown Cosmetics and Liz Lang, the maternity wear pioneer, to uh, women all across this country, single moms, you know, mompreneurs uh, who had launched various different businesses. And the wonderful things about the interview views that we had was how um, how candid and, and forthcoming women are. You know, we talked about mostly the, the emotional aspects of launching a business. You know, this book isn't about how to get a bank loan or although we talk about marketing a lot, not how to put together a marketing plan. It's really about how you survive the emotional roller coaster of launching. And when we talk to women all across the country, they just love that theme because they totally understood how important it was and also sort of how underexplored it was, that this was kind of a unique kind of area we were getting into. So we had a lot of fun with it. Karen, when you talk about the emotional capital required to start a small business or a business that is in the growth stage, moving it to the next level, what are some of the themes that came up for the women you talked to? Well, I think one of the things that, that, that came up that really struck me is that when we think about launching a business, most of us think of what I call the three M's. You know, we think of money, we think of marketing, and we think of management. But there's really a fourth M that underlies all of these, and that's motivation. That's really how you survive the ups and downs and how you 
build your resiliency muscles so that when you hit those setbacks, you know, they don't uh, knock you flat, but you can kind of keep going and move through them and just rebuild as you go along. And it's really very important to be able to do that and to think about the emotional aspects of launching. Again, it's a topic a lot of people don't talk too much about, but it really is very important and very critical to success. Now, all of this being critical to success, you're talking about a very sort of um, a difficult thing to manage for a lot of people, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs that might be in love with their own idea or for right. a variety of reasons might get into a rut with the growth of their startup and, and uh, become depressed and not know that that's actually um, beginning to color how they're moving forward. When you talk about a winning uh, mindset or mind game, what are you talking about? out there? I think what we're talking about there, first of all, is, you know, kind of recognizing that many people, for example, um, are really making a transition from employee to entrepreneur. You know, some of us, like, uh, you know, Donald Trump, for example, probably woke up when he was five years old and was an entrepreneur from the (laughs) get-go, but most of us are not that way. We have a much more kind of uh, indirect route to um, launching. You know, we lose a job, you know, our job situation becomes more constrained, we're not making enough, we're not happy with work-life balance, we think being on our own can be helpful. So there are lots of reasons why. But um, making the transition from employee to entrepreneur is, um, you know, can be a kind of a tough one. So I think the first step in winning the, um, you know, the business, the small business mind game is to really recognize that making that transition is different. You're really not just changing jobs or changing careers. You're really kind of reshaping your identity. You know, you're going from someone who had maybe a lot of support in a corporate setting to someone who's chasing the FedEx truck, you know, every day and trying to do everything all at once, wearing many different hats. So that's a big, you know, shift to make. So it's important to recognize that. And then I think another, um, a couple of other issues in terms of really winning that mind game is you really need to be uh, proactive. You know, you can't wait when you're an entrepreneur. You can't wait for opportunities. You have to go out and create them. And that's a kind of a really different mindset from an employee who tends to, you know, have some parameters that are pretty well set. Um, Then I think the other big issue is the idea, and we devote a whole chapter to this really, to the concept of substituting brains for bucks. You know, when you're launching, most people, I mean, you know, there may be a few people out there who have enough money when they launch, but, you know, 99% of those who do really feel that they're underfunded, and particularly women are in that boat because they generally still have a harder time getting credit and venture capital. So you've really got to figure out ways to kind of turn that from a liability into an asset. Um, You've got to be creative about, um, you know, kind of substituting creativity for cash. And we had a lot of examples in the book about how women did that. And it's a very kind of inspiring thing to do. And in fact, for lots of women, just the act of launching kind of seemed to ignite their ingenuity. They just became incredibly creative about bartering, about coming up with, you know, partnerships, about figuring out ways to, to move their business forward. So all of those things are really what goes into this kind of different mindset that you have when you're an entrepreneur. We're visiting with Karen Barbanel. She's the co-author of Birthing the Elephant, along with uh, co-author Bruce Freeman, and uh, the website www.birthingtheelephant.com, just like it sounds, birthingtheelephant.com. The book's available just about everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You can go right to the website, actually. There's an Amazon button. Karen, you've talked a little bit about the, the what you call the rhythm of the entrepreneur. What do you mean? 
Well, what I mean was one of the things that we did in the book that I think was really makes it unique is we really mapped the launch cycle of a small business. We looked at, say, the first 18 to 22 months, which is where the Birthing the Elephant name came from, and we talked about, you know, what are the different stages that you might go through. And the first stage is, you know, kind of starting, launching your business, of course, as you'd expect, kind of making the first 100 days really count. Uh, the second stage was really running your own show. That's where you make this transition from employee to entrepreneur, and you begin to develop that, you know, small business mindset. The third stage was what we called uh, one of my favorites, which was turn uh, breakdowns into breakthroughs. And that's about how you inevitably, it seems, when you're launching, seem to hit a big obstacle, something that sort of threatens your whole business and your model and your whole approach. And you sort of have to regroup and pick up the pieces and get past that in order. It's like a little testing time that you seem to go through. Uh, and then the fourth stage is really finding your business rhythm. And what we found was that once women and our men had been in business for a while, it's sort of as if their market found them. Initially, they may have had one idea about what their business was going to be or who their market was going to be. But once they launched and got out there and tested products and services, they often found that you know, their business model kind of evolved organically and that it was really kind of interesting to see the rhythm ultimately that you know, their business seemed to express. And so those were really the four stages, and it was a lot of fun to map them. And we found that generally it was very interesting that more or less across all different kinds of businesses and backgrounds, you could sort of roughly map out the launch cycle. And that, I think, is really helpful to people who are starting because, you know, you just have some sense, okay, I'm in, you know, kind of stage one. Here's what I need to be thinking about. Here's, you know, kind of emotionally what's going to hit me. Here are some strategies other people have used to make this work through you. So you kind of know what to expect. And we call the book in some sense of what to expect when you're expecting for women entrepreneurs. And in a, in a way, it really is like that. It kind of takes you through the launch cycle. As you talk to the entrepreneurs, mostly women, if not all, uh, was there something unique about women and the way they approach uh, any aspect of the business that, that men just don't seem to get? That's a really interesting question. I think one of the things that really struck me, first of all, again, is that women are much more willing and able to sort of recognize the emotional kind of subtext or aspects of launching a business and how important it is. I mean, if you think about it, even economic decisions that you make have really an emotional content. Money is a very emotional issue for a lot of us. You know, when we're stressed, some of us overspend and some of us pull back. And all of those things can really have an impact when you're starting a business. So I think the first thing was women were just more willing to kind of enter that emotional terrain and talk about it, which I think is a really good thing. Mm. And then I think, uh, you know, the other aspect is that women are much more able, I think, in some ways to reach out and ask for help, which is certainly a wonderful asset when you're an entrepreneur. And they really understand also the importance of building what um, I would call a support system for success. And that's really, really important when you're launching. You know, as an entrepreneur, many people are solo entrepreneurs. You know, you can become very isolated. Sometimes, you know, again, things aren't going well. It's really hard to keep yourself motivated. And having a support system that you create for yourself 
can really be critical. I know uh, Liz Lang, when she was launching her maternity wear line, which is now huge, when she was launching, she said she used to meet every week with two friends of hers, each of whom was launching in a different field. And they just used to kind of pat each other on the back and talk about marketing ideas and how things were going. And I think uh, to this day, she may still do that. She said it was so important when she was launching because a lot of people, they're just often a lot of naysayers, too. A lot of people are around you. She had a lot of them who said the, her whole business concept wasn't really going to work, that women wouldn't pay lots of money for maternity wear, all wow. kinds of things. So she really needed that boost. And I think women really recognize the importance of that also. And that's, you know, really key. Plus, they're very uh, resilient. You know, we all... As women especially, I think we wear lots of hats and we understand what it means to kind of switch from one to the other. And I think all of those are really assets when you're launching. Absolutely. As you look at the overlay of a recession that seems uh, mm-hmm. to have a promise to stay with us for a bit, GDP growth uh, sub 2% in this country, unemployment, I think, uh, is somewhere between 95 and a real number of 22, let's say. Uh, pick your number, but it's not a good si- mm-hmm. situation. What was that? Now, the book was written a little, give us a sense of when the book was written and and whether the recession environment or overlay played a part in in, uh, how people were thinking about their businesses? Well, I think the book was written, it was actually published um, in 2008, a while ago. So it was really prior to this big sort of meltdown. It was probably in the, you know, in the offing. But, you know, we hadn't really experienced it. But if anything, I think it makes the book more timely because I think there are just going to be many more people who are facing situations. um, And I've talked with many entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs who find themselves in a situation where they really do have to kind of rethink their work work options. And, you know, they may have some idea on the back burner that they really, you know, love to think about but never did anything with. But now there may be more, you know, practical, um, more of a practical or financial push to to go that the entrepreneurial route. Yeah. Um, so I, I yeah. think it's, if anything, it's really more timely because it's really about, you know, how do you lean launch? How do you, you know, kind of launch in a way that you feel comfortable with financially how do you weather the ups and downs, you know, of the launch process? We all know the statistics about, you know, one-third of all new ventures, you know, won't, uh, you know, will close their doors within two years or whatever. But you can really beat those odds, and one of the ways to beat those odds is to have a smart startup strategy, and that's really what the book is all about. Karen, tell us what uh, your activities look like now. The book is behind you. Uh, what's on your plate? Well, I'm, you know, as always, I have a run a, I'm a solo entrepreneur. I run a marketing communications business of my own, which has had a few ups and downs given the economy. And I'm really, um, you know, wanting to branch out in terms of the book. I'm looking into doing some more speaking, working with different women's groups and maybe even corporations that are looking to reach, you know, small business owners. The the women's market is a huge, you know, women are launching businesses a two to three times faster than men are. So it's kind of a huge entrepreneurial market and and so I'm I'm looking into kind of helping some corporations that might want to reach out to that audience and also, um, probably at some point, be you know starting some kind of a blog or you know some way of kind of sharing additional information. You know, as you know, it's a very dynamic field, and since the book came out, there's there's just so much that's happening, and so many people I think that are 
again, out of, you know, going to be impelled or inspired to really think about choosing entrepreneurship as a work option, especially baby boomers. You know, there are so many people in, in that time of life who are, you know, the economy is not great for them, and um, they have a lot of energy, a lot of creativity, and they want to do something different. And, you know, um, launching a new business can, can be an option, but, again, it really makes a difference how you launch. Um, and so uh, the big message that I have is, you know, kind of how can you launch in a, a kind of a lean and cost-effective way that, you know, maximizes your chances of success. I love that. Birthing the Elephant is the book. www.birthingtheelephant.com. Just like it sounds, we've been visiting with Karen Abarbanel. She's the co-author, along with Bruce Freeman, the small business professor. Karen, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll look for that book. Thanks a lot. Great to be here. Thanks for listening to eFactor Radio. Get more podcasts with your premium membership at eFactor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.